You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hello, Church on Mill. Welcome to another edition of Jesus is Better, the podcast. My name is Chuck Newkirk. I'm excited today to have Mike Bond with us. Hi, Mike. Hi. Mike is our Director of Family Ministries here at the church. Yes. What does that mean, brother? It means that I um, oversee everything from birth through high school. We have three deacons. Um, yes. One each for those areas who do really most of the work when it comes to ministering to those areas. Awesome. And I just help coordinate them. And then... Uh, try to minister directly to our parents mm. as well. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, we sure appreciate you and the teams you lead, and that makes up a, a large part of the church. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to see uh, kids and youth come to know Jesus and Amen. live their lives uh, for Him, starting mm-hmm. young. Yeah. Praise God for that. Um, now, before we get to holiness, which is going to be our topic for today, we need to talk about something important, which is, I know you're a basketball fan. Yes. And today we are recording this podcast on Market, July 30th. The NBA restart is today. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction? Is the bubble going to work? Uh, I think the bubble's going to work because they've been there for a while and um, they, they've been doing pretty well. The other sports I'm not very optimistic about because they're not in a bubble. Yep. But I think uh, the NBA, it could work. Uh, at least I think there's a... 60-40 chance that it's going to work. A 60-40 so feeling <laughs> Whereas pretty... the NFL, I'd say that's about a 10% chance. Feeling pretty confident about that, huh? <laughs> well, in these days, I'd say that's a pretty good percentage. Okay. Well, they have gotten through all their um, warm-up games. Yes. Unlike nobody... some of the other sports. Right. So that's good. Um, and uh, so if you're not an NBA fan, what is the bubble? Uh, all the teams... And their coaching staffs uh, are at Disney World, and they're confined there, and they've been confined there for a while. Yep. So to make sure that uh, nobody's sick before they started the season and that they nobody's going to leave through the entire season, and uh, there are no fans in the stands, so just teams. So they're um, quarantined, basically, the yep. whole league, or the teams that are playing. And so yep. um, in that atmosphere, it's going to be real easy to control – whether somebody gets sick, and if somebody does, they can easily deal with it. Whereas the sports that are outside of that, uh, as we've seen with baseball, it's much harder to control. Right. So um, it will be uh, it will be interesting. I hope it works. Mm. It gives gives a uh, some sense of normalcy, something mm-hmm. back up and going that a lot of people enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, one other basketball question. Uh, so if the bubble does work, who do you think is going to meet in the finals? I think it's going to be the Lakers and the Bucks. The Lakers and the Bucks. All right. Mark it down on the podcast. Yeah. Who's going to win? The Bucks. Okay. Interesting prediction. I think they're the best team in the NBA. We'll see what happens. Um, the If not the Lakers, then, then the, the uh, Clippers. Okay. Well, um, if you don't watch any of this and you're interested, there's a couple guides doing uh, vlogs that are pretty cool inside the bubble. 
and uh, there are three brothers. Three out of four brothers are in the NBA, and they're all inside the bubble. Mm. This is the Antetokounmpo brothers. Right. So that's pretty cool. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. You can't imagine having produced uh, three NBA <laughs> and players. And the fourth yeah. is an athlete in Europe. So yeah. pretty fascinating. The most interesting thing to me will be this watching other teams watch games because they're going to be able to sit there because they got nothing else to do. Right. Watching, for example, the Lakers sitting there watching the Clippers play another team. That would be fun. Let's talk about holiness, brother. Mm. That's our topic today on our podcast. Um, I know you have given some thought to this. This is mm-hmm. one of the things I really respect and appreciate about you. So excited to spend a few minutes thinking around the topic together. Uh, maybe to get us going, what is it? What is holiness? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think there's, in my lifetime in the church, I've seen a lot of confusion mm. and misunderstanding about what that actually means. Um, and um, I think in some ways, holiness has been sort of de-emphasized yes. in the church over the last 50 years, especially. And... Um, not so much recently, but before that. Um, I think you have to start, if you're going to talk about holiness, start with, with God, because any definition of holiness has to start with Him. Mm. Scripture says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right, right. Uh, he's, he's mentioned as holy over 900 times in Scripture. It's, mm. It is the big deal about Him, mm. I think. Um, and... Um, what that means is that he is separate from us. He is different uh, in a way that's unique. Hmm. Um, he is the only one that's holy. Um, it is that that character, that quality of his that is make, that he's unique. That he's perfectly moral. He's perfectly loving. Perfectly everything. Mm-hmm. And um, his holiness is what creates the separation between us and him. Um, it is. It's what makes our sin be seem sinful sure. in relation to his holiness. Right, right. So it's defined as he is set apart, he's other, he is pure. And um, so when we talk about holiness in our lives, it is in relation to him, uh, that uh, being more like him. Mm. So, yeah. so how would it, you define it? <laughs> Um, you did a great job. Thank you. Um, I don't think I could top that. Um, maybe, maybe just to, to sh- summarize it succinctly, yeah. um, holiness is both a a distinction from what is evil and a devotion to what is good. Mm, yeah. And yeah. God has both, um, and He uh, He communicates both to us. That's kind of an old word. Mm-hmm. Not meaning he says it to us, but meaning um, there are there are character traits of God that he shares with us and imparts to us in Christ, yeah. and there are things that will just always be different about God. Mm-hmm. So communicable are those attributes that he shares with us. So yeah. we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about um, how it is that people become holy. Right. But yeah, God is uh, 100% devoted to what's good and separate from what mm-hmm. is evil. Um, brother, what do you, what would you say to somebody that would say, I, I don't really think much about that. What, mm-hmm. Why does it matter? Yeah, that's where, that's where it really 
uh, becomes crucial that we um, talk about it because um, I can't really, I can't really comprehend uh, the nature of my sin if I don't understand God's holiness. Right. Um, when we see in Scripture, for example, Isaiah, when he's given a glimpse of God's throne room and he sees the seraphim around him saying, holy, 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 his reaction is to fall down and say, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Mm-hmm. His, his sin becomes crystallized for him in, in, in the light of God's holiness, um, in the glare of God's holiness. And it has that effect for all of us. The more I understand his holiness, the more uh, awful my sin yeah. becomes to me. Yeah. And so I'm not going to deal with sin in the same way if I don't understand holiness. And that's the reality we find is that people who diminish holiness diminish the consequences of their sin. And mm. they, they don't treat it as a serious problem. Mm. Um, it, it, uh, it used to be that... Uh, holiness had kind of a negative mm-hmm. connotation. Do you think that's, do you, do you still, you know, you interact with young families a lot. Um, do you, do you hear that? Do you mm-hmm. think that's still a kind of ongoing trend? Yeah, I do. Um, you probably do too. Um, I think people think of holiness in terms of piousness and self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. And they associate trying to be holy with legalism and being a Pharisee, um, and I think it's a misunderstanding of how, as you said, God com- communicates His holiness to us, and what it is, what it really means to pursue holiness. Um, so, and I think people have this idea that uh, I don't want to be seen as somebody who's legalistic. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to not talk about holiness, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell people that that's what I'm pursuing because it sounds pompous and pious and self-righteous. And, uh, that's interesting. Um, I think that's because we have misunderstood what Scripture means when it says, be holy for I am holy. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, that how, and that misunderstood how that happens for a believer. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell us more about that. How does it happen that uh, an unholy one, which is all of us, yeah. uh, can become, in fact, a holy one. Mm-hmm. You know, we often think of salvation as I am saved from death and sin, which is true. But one of the great benefits of um, being in Christ is that um, Christ's righteousness is imputed to me. So um, I have right standing with God by justification, but I also have the ability to pursue holiness because I have the Holy Spirit in right. me. And um, as I've said before, um, I don't think it's a, it's incidental that he's called the Holy Spirit and not the good spirit or the peaceful spirit or mm. the loving spirit. Mm. Because one of the main go- goals of, of his interaction with me in my life is to make me holy, right. is to make me more like Christ, yeah. to transform me uh, from the inside out. So holiness is not is not pursuing moralism. It's not saying, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be kinder and keep the rules and do it, you know, just be a good person. That's not, that's not holiness. Mm. That's Mm self-righteousness. Holiness is 
cooperating with the Holy Spirit as he works in my life and yielding to the Spirit, yeah. surrendering to the Spirit as he works in me and not impeding the Spirit as mm -hmm. he does that. Yep. So if we go back to the bubble for a minute, mm -hmm. uh, holiness isn't the church creating a bubble and Christians won't leave the bubble and right. therefore we won't get any of the sin disease on us by being around the world. Right. Uh, holiness is being in the world, but not of the world, living among common everyday people, because we are, mm -hmm. but we've been given a, a position of holiness right. in the Lord. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, would you think it's accurate to say that holiness rightly understood is lovely? And if so, why? As you start to, to see what holiness is, it's really... Um, like as we see uh, the the seraphim in Scripture praising God for His holiness, it is um, it is so praiseworthy mm -hmm. His holiness, and so pursuing holiness is lovely because it puts me. Um, I think it was Kevin DeYoung who said um, uh, sanctification increase as we as we pursue sanctification and allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, which is sanctify means made more holy. Um, that it increases our communion with Christ. It right. increases my fellowship with Him. Yeah. And so that is a beautiful thing. And so pursuing that is quite lovely, mm -hmm. quite joyful. And um, it is not uh, a dour, you know, sad thing <laughs> to pursue holiness. It's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's... Um, more and more seeing Jesus for who he is and being transformed to be more like him all the time. And so that creates sweet fellowship with him mm. as we do that. Mm. Well said. And well, also while it's you a were... a complicated idea. It is, it is, yeah. Um, something not lovely is, as you were saying that, I've got my mask on and I felt the snot bubble pop. <laughs> that is not lovely at all. Yeah, that's so, not very holy. It's not. It's it's really bothering me, and I want to fix it because it's in my beard. But fix I'm it. just going to let it be. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, holiness is is beautiful. It's mm -hmm. it's it's a most desirable thing. It's mm -hmm. practically speaking, uh, if I lived uh, a holy day yesterday, then I don't have to wake up today with regret, mm -hmm. and if I pursue a holy life today, devoting myself to what's good in the power of the Spirit, then I can put my head on my pillow tonight with satisfaction. Mm -hmm. um, and those are lovely things. Yeah, Those are really wonderful things. When it becomes unlovely is when I start to pursue my effort to be holy. Mm. <laughs> when I start to trust in my ability to to do good things and to prove myself to God. It's so easy to fall off the, the path into the ditch of, I'm gonna become holy by my effort. I'm just gonna try harder and I'm gonna be good. Um, I know when I was younger in the church, there was a lot of, that's the, that was the perception of holiness is that, um, you know, you don't, it's, it's all your effort. I know for me that it's been only in the past 15 or so years that my understanding of holiness changed because I didn't really hear a whole lot about it when I was young in the church. I wonder about 
your experience, when did you first become to see holiness as a as an important thing, and how did that happen for you? Mm. Um, I was uh, blessed to uh, grow up in um, a, a home with parents who sought to live mm-hmm. lives that were holy before the Lord, um, and who certainly had had rules and standards, mm-hmm. but it, there wasn't a veneer of, um, well, the, the kids have to obey and the parents can do whatever they want. Right. Um, and <laughs> that never happened. Where there was um, good, godly, faithful gospel preaching mm-hmm. um, in the church. So, um, uh, honestly, I think this is one of the few things that, uh, that I would say I don't remember not having some measure of understanding that it mattered mm-hmm. and that it was good. Yeah. Um, there were certainly times as a, a teenager, a young teenager, really maybe more middle school, that uh, I, I misunderstood some older people, uh, kind of holier than thou sort mm-hmm. of things. But that was a small phase. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think I more wrestled with... Um, I, with a lack of understanding that in Christ, my position is I'm already holy. Yeah. I'll never get more holy than I am. Yeah. And yet, how does that translate into my daily pursuit of, of the conditional holiness? Meaning, how does the fact that I'm in Christ get fleshed out in how I live? Right. Um, so the scripture tells us um, that there is a holiness without which we won't see the Lord. And I think in that case, it's talking about, in Hebrews 12, it's talking about um, our lifestyle. Are we living out, um, not perfectly, but the pursuit of holy lives? Um, and, and I certainly felt confused and that I didn't really understand the difference between being given a, a position of holiness that's 100% grace yeah. and pursuing a lifestyle of holiness that is fueled by God's grace, but does involve my active participation. Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't understand that distinction. So I think I struggled to appropriate it. Um, But I I honestly can say it's one of a very, very short list of things that um, by God's grace has always been something I knew was important. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I definitely did struggle to to live it out Mm -hmm. um, and felt... Uh, pretty beaten down and unable to actually live a holy life yeah. for a long time. Yeah, I did as well. And I think um, as I encounter people, one of the misunderstandings I see a lot often is that, um, well, I'm already holy in Christ, and I know someday when he returns, he's going to finish what he's already started mm-hmm. in me. So sure. why, why do I need to bother with this? It's so hard anyway. Why can't I just keep trusting in God's forgiveness and not worry about it? And that was kind of the position I have heard a lot huh. uh, in in churches, is that I'm going to lean hard on God's forgiveness and not worry so much about it. Um, and that, that as you talked about, the, the balance between... The balance between... Um, being already in Christ right. in my positional yep. uh, holiness and 
striving in some sense to cooperate with the Holy Spirit as he is changing me to be holy. Why is that important? Well, I think there's two things that jump to the top to me, and that is it's impossible, really, I think, to have a credible evangelistic witness in the world without right. holiness. Absolutely. It just it comes across as completely empty yep. without holiness. So it, it's vital if I'm going to accomplish the mission that God has given me to, to strive for holiness. And second, if I'm going to... Uh, we talked about last night in First Thessalonians, we're here to encourage and admonish and help each other. If we're not striving toward holiness, we can't help others strive toward it mm-hmm. either. And sure. we're meant to do that together. Right. So it is, it is critical... Not only that I take my holiness seriously, but yours as well. <laughs> and uh, so that we can accomplish the mission together. Amen. That's great. You know, on your first point related to uh, our witness, um, the most uh, holy person who's ever lived is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the people who were most aware that they were unholy were drawn to him, not repelled from him. Right. And so... Uh, it, it's just an incorrect caricature to think, well, if I'm really going hard after living uh, separate from evil and being devoted to good, then I won't be of right. any use to people and they'll just think I'm a stuffy Puritan. Right. Uh, that's just not true. Yeah. Look, look at Jesus. And uh, But that is such a common misunderstanding it is. of people, even in the church, is that if I, if I go all full-board fanatic on this, I'm going to just repel all my peop- my friends who are non-Christians. And it's exactly the opposite. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. yeah. Well, part of that is probably on us um, as believers to make sure that we're not uh, describing holiness as something that we've earned or right. attained or merited or yeah. caused. Mm-hmm. Um, so the responsibility. Or that we've achieved. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so... Uh, a lot of the letters in the New Testament will say that they're um, addressed to uh, saints. Mm-hmm. So saint just means holy one. Mm-hmm. And certainly those people weren't people who had ceased the daily struggle with sin. So it that, that's a way to think about our position is holy. And that's settled. We're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And yet um, who we are needs to be fleshed out in how we live. Mm-hmm. So that's really how we think about what holiness is in terms of living it out in everyday life. Have you read anything on this that you would recommend? Yes. Um, uh, a good friend of mine recommended a book to me that I think is the best thing I've ever read on holiness, which is J.C. Ryle's book called Holiness. Okay. And um, it was written a long time ago yeah. in the 1870s. And sometimes there's a hesitance of people to read stuff from old people who are dead, but there's nothing better. Uh, and it reads as contemporary as anything mm-hmm. I've ever read. It's And it he does such a great job of explaining why this should be important to us and what it means and how, what the process looks like. And so I, that above all, I recommend. Also, a more um, current one is um, Kevin DeYoung's book a whole the whole in our holiness okay. because he does a really good job of explaining uh, why this has been a problem in the church mm. over the last few years mm. 
and um, why it should matter to us. And, and that thing I, we were just talking about of how my positional holiness relates to my progressive yes. holiness. Yes. He, he really explains that very clearly. Um, and then um, uh, The Valley of Vision is, is a book of prayers by Puritan pastors and theologians. Okay. And for me, seeing them uh, talk through and work through uh, their pursuit of holiness as the, in they, the way they pray is very helpful for me Great. personally. Well, three excellent recommendations. Yeah. So um, church, probably uh, many of us listening to the podcast would do well to think more about this topic, not less, and to uh, pursue it with more vigor, um, not less. And those are those are three great resources. Um, you know, in addition to reading and, and discussing that together, and we can do that even in, in a pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, we can meet up with one or two other people or use technology and have conversations around these books. Um, what are other things you think that we could do to spur each other on in holiness? Uh, I think being transparent with our struggle with holiness is critical to helping each other uh, pursue holiness. Um, James says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. I think he's speaking about the process of sanctification, um, that um, if I don't know where you're struggling uh, in your pursuit of holiness, it's hard for me to help. And if I'm not transparent with people that it is a struggle, especially those of us who are in positions of leadership. It's easy for the church to look at us and say, well, you guys have, you guys have all got it figured out. I'm the one that's struggling, and so I, I can't share with you mm-hmm. because you don't understand what it's like. So I think we need to be transparent about our, our struggle. Agreed. It is a struggle. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um, that sounds pretty simple. Mm-hmm. You don't think it's more complicated than that? Well, everything's more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but the the means of pursuing yeah. living out ho- holy lives um, are not hard to understand. No. Um, it's uh, consistency in actually pursuing them. Yeah, and, and to remember, I think it's important for me to remember, I'm not supposed to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. We're here to help each other do yeah. this. We're yeah. here to help each other follow Jesus. And um, so the closer we get to each other, the more we can do that. And um, it's, as, as Nick was talking about last night in our study, the church is vital for this. You can't right. do it on your own. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I like the way um, Paul puts it in Ephesians 4 mm-hmm. when he talks about um, taking off the old self and yeah. putting on the new self. Yeah. Um, so he, he's, he's, he's literally using the, uh, the picture of, taking off old dirty clothes and putting on new ones. Mm-hmm. So we're in the dog days of summer right now. If you go outside to work in the yard, uh, you're going to get disgusting really quick. Me more than most. <laughs> <laughs> the you wasn't you, but you could take it that way. And then you, you, you come back inside and, you know, what's the first thing you want to do? Well, you, you got to get that sweaty shirt off and yeah. put, a, put a new one on. Yeah. Um, that, that picture um, is daily the yeah. commitment to taking off the old way of life we used to live prior to Jesus and to put on the new self to yeah. put on righteousness holiness intently thinking about the Lord and what he's done for us in Christ 
Um, and yeah, we've got to change clothes every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got to put on Christ in that way every day. So it's, um, scripture talks about this very practically and it's such a helpful thing to think about. Brother, as we kind of wind this down, um, anything else you would want to raise in terms of topics related to holiness? I can't think of anything. Okay. There's there's, there's a thousand things, but I mean, you could talk about this for weeks, but uh, sure. uh, nothing specifically. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, brothers and sisters, I uh, encourage you to let this kind of be a springboard into uh, spurring on prayer and conversation with other uh, church members, spending some time in Scripture. Uh, that passage in Ephesians 4 starts at verse 20. That'd be a great one to spend some more time in. First um, mm. Corinthians 1.30 says that Jesus is our holiness, that we're given that position in him. Um Matthew 5, 8 says that the blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Uh, so being pure in heart is living holy. Uh, so lots of great passages to think about. I just encourage you to pursue First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Great. That we yep. just read last night. Yeah, that is a, an excellent passage. So um, holiness is lovely. It's beautiful. Let's seek living it out together. And the only way to do that is, of course, through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, what makes Jesus better is that he is our holiness and Amen. then spurs us, leads us, helps us on to actually live that holiness out. Mike, it's been great to talk with you today. Appreciate you and all you do for uh, the body and the consistent life you live, the way you pursue holiness. We are so grateful for you and your wife and your commitment here. Thank you. Grateful for you too. Thanks, church. We will have another episode drop soon. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to share this with others, and uh, we hope it's a good conversation starter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.